whatever you do, don't let it fall into the wrong hands. You guys arrived in this intent village slash work camp in which the designer and his partner, who's just referred to as her, seemingly hold and raise a series of younger Intians to design items of unknown arcane properties. They train them and seemingly the young Intians are not terribly happy about that because a number of them have escaped. You met two that were trying to escape and you helped them out. You also encountered cheering young Indians when you entered this village as you've seemingly chased off uh, the designer and her has been killed. So they're in a pretty good spot. But they did tell you that another Indian, an adult named Galahad, had already arrived and they directed you to the windmill where you eventually discovered the entrance to the underground workshop beneath this village. Galahad, of course, before then, uh, tried to only have uh, loyal Many Things Incorporated employees join him on this venture and tried and failed to get Milkstake to no longer be a part of the fold as he as he wasn't privy to company secrets because he pretended like he wasn't an employee or something like that. Uh, but eventually he turned into a swarm of snakes and helped Galahad and the rest of you defeat a large automaton made of metal, some sort of construct. And there was a lot of uh, bunny ears there from UK. What's that? Yeah, he can tell me later. And then... It was just because he helped. Oh, yeah. It looked sufficiently... I think he did a performance check. Unnecessarily difficult. Yeah. Um, then you guys proceeded to scrounge around in this basement or underground area that also had an outdoor snowy landscape out one of the doors. So you can safely conclude that this is not your regular underground workshop. It seemingly is on another plane or extra dimensional space. Uh, Galahad describes that he's searching for a deck of cards that is a prototype that if it were to get in the hands of the designer or her and be put into full production, its unstable properties could be dispersed throughout the multiverse and cause untold chaos. Um, so he's desperately trying to find that and you have tentatively agreed to help him. You discovered a central room in which a number of colored glass tubes are housing arcane liquid that is of a very similar make to the tube devices you discovered in the Intient facility at the beginning of this little section. And you found a secret door behind which were these glass tubes. And now that you're in another glass tube room, this time they're filled with colored liquid and it seems to be of the same type. Then you went, had a sleep after defeating a second one of these automatons and woke up, broke into a sort of, uh, how would you describe it? Like an office slash bedroom, investigated a desk and found a pack of cards, I believe, uh, called Maldini's Silver Pack on the outside. And I think Milksteak proceeded to draw one immediately. And to be honest, I forget what it was called. I think it was called Secret. I think it was Fresh Start or like some kind oh, of... Oh, new, new Identity, personal. right? New Identity, that's the one. Okay, cool. And then nothing happened. The card just fizzled into sparks um, ominously. And uh, also, this is a big recap, Schmorgus Borden discovered a small floating sphere, which he later discovered, well, soon after discovered, was called a docent. 
which proceeded to oh, yeah. float and ask him how he could be of service. And he spoke in a lovely, friendly, friendly voice, like, hello, how can I help you? Um, and then you discovered that it's a helpful item that's designed to provide information and it has a wide knowledge of the world. Lastly, uh, I'm forgetting names. Fucking hell. Why can't I remember his name? Asker. Asker went over in another area of this uh, level of the underground workshop and turned out to discover a janitor's closet. And he retrieved something from the janitor's closet and then rushed back to the rest of the group. What was it? Was it a bucket or a mop? Um, let's say it was a bucket, because I kind of think that's funnier. Um, but Asga can correct me. You ran back just as Milksteak had drawn the card and Galahad was looking over Milksteak's shoulder and saying, You found it! That's it! Please, give it to me! Before it's too late! Before it should fall into the wrong hands! And that is where we resumed the action. Well, I'm not an employee of many things. Oh yes, that's uh, true. You are on a probational basis given your valiant efforts as a series of snakes against that thing, but probationary employees should not definitely be holding on to an artifact of that danger. Uh, maybe you're right. Maybe. Is the many things still around? Because last time we visited uh, your office, it was completely destroyed. What's going on? Uh, make an insight check. And the rest of you can as well, because you're all in the same room now. Okay, with a 19 from, excuse me, Milksteak, 11 from Asker, and 19 from Schmogs Borden. Okay. So Milksteak and Schmogs Borden, you notice a little pang, a little pang of regret and sort of emotional trauma, as you mentioned, the damaged, destroyed office. And he says, that was one of our larger outposts, uh, but we are by no means limited to that one location. We have been damaged by the filthy clockwork bastards, but we are far from destroyed. As you've seen, uh, the facility just across the way. Okay. Um, I might keep this deck of cards for the safekeeping is because it's not that I don't trust you. Is I'm just not sure what actually happened because we, we've been into the office, next to the office when it exploded, so um, I'm not sure if I can trust you. Okay, make a persuasion check. Oh, wow. With an eight, uh, he says, what? You trust me? I'm an employee, a proper person who designed that deck. You're just some random snake man. Give it to me now. <laughs> Maybe I'm a snake man, but I'm holding this deck. Okay, he attacks you. Everybody roll initiative. <laughs> <laughs> What? I mean, not sure we, we can trust him. But that's taken care of. The first to react is uh, actually. Uh, am I? Go on. I guess I'm. I'm. I'm in this room as well, though, right? 
Uh, I'm not. Yeah, in, yeah, you were in, in the room because no you ran, yeah. you ran back. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll say oh. you can go first because you're alphabetically first because we took up a lot of time with that. So you react first as you watch Galahad <laughs> lunge towards Milkstick. Well, and he says, Galahad. "Give me the prototype." Um. Okay. <clears throat> so I am gonna cast polymorph to make him into a little ducky <laughs> so he has to make a check of what kind let's see i'll just paste that in here so that we can wisdom saving throw against your dc what's your dc my dc is 16 Ooh, he makes an 18 so ah, as, as he it. starts to sprout feathers and shrink a little you see him like push his way out of this invisible bubble and he says how dare you duck me like that <laughs> I'm gonna duck the shit out of you. I am Galahad, lead engineer of many things incorporated, and I will crush you. Um, is that the end of Asker's turn? Yeah, it okay. is. Next I up... will return to e eating. Okay, next up is <laughs> Milksteak's turn. Yeah, is it. One second, is it me? Oh, yeah, just me. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna cast a. Ho ho! A blight, uh, yeah. So he has to make a constitution saving throw against 14. Is that your DC? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, con save. Ooh, with a 15, you watch your spell, this black beam of energy, just bounce off of his robust, muscular monk chest and go flying <laughs> off into a corner of the room. When it hits the wall in that corner of the room, the wall instantly ages like a hundred years and begins to crumble off the wall and there's dust and crap all over the ground. But still takes damage. What takes damage? Oh, he, he does? He takes half of damage, yeah, on successful save. Nice. What, what's the damage? Oh, so 21. Wow. So even as the rebound ricochet point on his chest uh, has ricocheted, the fact that it touched him makes all these black lines of rot spread across his chest and he looks very upset about that and he says it's not <sighs> over yet uh, I'm... so um oh you've got another guy sorry yeah so as as i'm a circle of the moon mm -hmm. a, a moon sailor i'm gonna change myself um to a a giant constrictor snake Dope. <laughs> uh, okay, do you have an icon for that? Oh, I think I uh, probably do, actually. Let me I do think that. you should have Do you have the stats for it, at least? Yeah, yeah, I got it open. Okay, it's a large creature, I think, right? Yeah, it's a giant creature. Giant or large? No, it's huge. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's going to be three by three. <laughs> okay, it's not that big, but it's close. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, I'll three by three is like that size. So if that's going to replace your icon, then I'm just, I mean, that's going to be ridiculous, but let's just say that. <laughs> snakes on a plane, motherfucker. Get it? Snakes on another plane of existence? Yes. Nice. Nice. You transform into an enormous snake, and that sound of like weighty coils of snake skin go like all over the ground. Um, <laughs> is that the end of your turn? Yes. Cool. You see Galahad says, oh, What's with you and snakes? Always snakes. Can't you turn into anything else? <laughs> Schwagus Borden's turn. And then he says, Why did it have to be snakes? 
Uh, so I'm also going to cast blight. Oh, it's a blight. Pretty pie. nasty, pretty nasty spell. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. You look comfortable, Joe. So nice, <laughs> yeah, nice work. You look yeah. very comfortable. He has to make another Constitution throw. Ooh, with an eleven, he fails. So oh, nice, nice. This necrotic yeah. beam catches him off guard as he's surprised by the arrival of the enormous constrictor snake and the black sort of tendrils of rot on his chest grow much quicker and he takes 30 necrotic damage. He looks pretty messed up at this point. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so bitch. Then, it's at the end of Smorgasbordon's turn. You see your docent floating beside you says, Oh, good shot, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just noticed that I've got a bonus action of Blame Blade. Is that so a bonus mean action to my cast turn, I can produce... or to use it? Yeah, I think so. To cast it, so then I can use it in my next turn. Is, is it that a, right? Is it a cantrip or a spell? It, it should cast say like spell slots. How do you? It'll say like cantrip display, or level display, one so or level two or level three. Okay, because it's a second level spell. Basically, the way that D and D works for five e is that. You can only cast uh, two spells in a turn if one of them is a cantrip. So, for example, even though you you can use a bonus action to cast that, and you can use an action to cast the other thing, blight, your your like uh, what's the word? Your arcane energy only allows you to do it if the second spell is a very minor one, because this is another okay, fairly okay. like draining one. the The game determines that it it wouldn't be within your reach. Okay, fair enough. So it'd be, a, it'd be a good bonus action if I just attacked like a normal attack. Yeah, exactly, with a sword or something. That'd yeah. be perfect. Yeah. Okay, cool. In that case, I will um, kind of move out of the way, I think. <laughs> I chicken out and go over here. Just a giant snake and a weird man over there. So nice. Okay, you take a little run over there. And backing now off. it is Galahad's turn. He is going to look nervously from side to side see that his situation is not going so well and uh he is going to say ah, this is ah, don't do anything dangerous with the deck okay listen it's it's beyond your feeble comprehension i'm gonna have to get the others and then come back for you later and then he disappears nice. and we are out of combat Okay. Damn it. So that's bad, right? Uh, not necessarily. Make an insight check. Feel around. like it's feel like it's bad, bro. Because now we can't like lie to the other guys and say that oh we found him dead and whatever. No, I mean he attacked us. We we just said that we don't trust him. That doesn't true. matter because he's gonna go back and tell them, and we we can just barely fight one of them. It's a natural 20 from Schmorgisborden. So you are confident that when he said, uh, come back later, you got the sense that he is going to come back with more firepower. Uh, yeah, you're right. We, but we're holding a deck. If he's going to come back, we might just... <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Right. Just as a quick aside, just because I think it's fun. 
that video I showed you guys today for the Kickstarter of the the thing. Oh yeah. That's the that's the deck that you picked up last session. Ah. I noticed. That's why it took me so long to find it when you drew the card because it's just a document on my desktop at the moment and I keep changing the names of things so I can't remember which goes with what. <laughs> you guys have hmm. just scared off the almighty mm. Galahad and you have the room to yourself. Sweet. Um, back. Oh yes, you revert back. Uh, I would struggle probably to... Uh walking to our using door frames <laughs> yeah, yeah so I, I, that's nice i, I want to pull one of these cards as well yeah go ahead i'm, I'm right. passing so to you. i'll take a card okay uh roll a d13 for me um so d13 yeah because it's roll 20 you can roll whatever dice you want to roll so you just go forward slash roll space one d13 Oh, nice. Okay, 12. Okay. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, uh, you pull out a card that says Earth on it, and it's got a picture of a tree. And as soon as that happens, an enormous tree starts to grow from the ground in front of you and you get pushed all the way out of that room and you watch it break through the ceiling of this room and rubble goes everywhere and everyone needs to make except for Schmorgus Borden who is outside the room a dexterity saving throw <laughs> a dexterity saving throw as the ceiling breaks off in chunks uh, oh yeah so wow you both unfortunately fail the dexterity saving throw but you only take uh, Two bludgeoning damage as this tree trunk buffets you in the side of the face. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. Fine, we can oh. live with that. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to draw the tree trunk for you here, and you can see what it is all about. I guess I'm pushed out of the room, right? So yeah, I'm in definitely. This room now. So you drew the card there. Oh, is that it? Where's, where's the alt button? How do I draw? Sorry, bear with me one second. There's a special button where you have to hold Alt. Okay. There we go. So yeah, you're looking at, it's got like a 10-foot diameter, essentially. And uh, you, Schmorgus Borden, and Milkstake can make... <coughs> what would it be? Um, make... Mm, uh, Wisdom checks for me. Well, not me. Yeah, you'll see why in a second. I thought I was wise. <laughs> uh, we've got a 22 from Schmogus Borden. And you see the docent beside you says, Goodness me, you're knowledgeable. Look at you examining the trunk <laughs> of that tree. And your aim was impeccable. It's as if you've never missed with anything. Not necrotic energy <laughs> or ice or anything like that. <laughs> ice um, knife is surely not. <laughs> I'm sure if you threw an ice knife, it would hit its mark straight and true. Um, but this is still waiting, I think, for milk steak. Yeah, one second. I was oh. just hey, having okay. a brain okay. So with uh, an 11 from milk steak and a 22 from Schmogsborden. 
Schmokers Bowden, you feel drawn to the trunk of the tree and you take a step over towards it, put your hand on it tentatively, and it feels more alive than even entire forests that you've stood in previously. It's got just life emanating from it in a highly unusual way. And you get the sense that there is more to the tree than currently meets the eye. Mm. You can also see if you look up the cracks in the ceiling, you can see like the snowy sky and remnants of the, the village broken apart and a couple of young Indians looking down through the hole and they're saying, Hey, how, how's it going down there? Are you okay? What's this tree about? <laughs> I think it got Jimmy. Jimmy's at the top. Help, <laughs> help him. <laughs> No, you're, you're, you're all good. It's just a tree. Relax about it. It's really tall, though. Have you seen it? It's, a, it's just, just, just a tree, bro. Just oh, chill. I don't, I don't know. And you see them, like, rushing around around the trunk, trying to climb it shittily. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, right. Okay, so... Uh, Sean, your turn. Can we, like, detect, detect its magic or something? Can we, can we kind of check, check if it's a... Check what magic it emanates or something. Can I investigate the tree? Okay. Can I investigate with my nature skills to assess what is happening right now or is magical? Yeah, with a 19 nature check, you are confident. And this is within the realm of a druid and consulting with Smorgasbordon. And that's why Asker, it's kind of their thing because it's like something druids would know about. So you yeah, consult with each other and you say, hey, Smorgasbordon, uh, I think this is an awoken tree. Like this. This feels conscious to me, and that's what you feel. Okay. Shall we ask it a question, see if it talks? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to ask a question? Do you have a specific one? Um, no. Uh, how does it feel to be a tree? Um, make a perception check. Oh, the 19. You hear very distantly, way up above, sort of faintly, you hear... <laughs> kind of sounds like a very deep-voiced creature yawning and stretching. Sounds like uh, an ant. Yeah, let's... Uh, do we want to climb up it and climb up, uh, up to the outside? I think we should. I think we should. I think we should uh, yeah. go and have a chat with the uh, tree. Yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, let's do that. Let's try and climb up to the to the top there. Okay. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll find some golden eggs. <laughs> yeah, Is that a reference to Jack and the Beanstalk? Yes. Nice. <laughs> um, make it easier. I've got a rope. If rope would make it easier, so we don't have to, so it's not so dangerous to climb. To be honest, you would need climbing gear. Uh, does anyone have a climbing gear right. kit? Uh, no. Um, because basically, a rope would help if you were already at the top, but a rope doesn't help you so much if you're at the bottom. It, I mean, you could tie all three of you no, together so that if one ooh, falls, ooh. then there's a chance the others could hold you. Go on, Aska. I'll cast fly on myself and take the rope up there. Dope. Uh, nice. Very dope. Very good. Okay, um, cool. You fly up to the top <laughs> of the tree. Now we're thinking, now we're getting it. It takes you like a good while. Sorry, what? 
Hmm? Uh, you, you, were you going to say something? No, no. Okay. You fly up. It takes you a little while. It's about 200 feet tall. And when you get to the top, you can see distinctly as if it was just formed that way through knots in the bar, uh, in the bark of the trunk of the tree. There's a big wooden face and it seems to be moving like this as if it's got like dry mouth or something after sleeping for a long time. Uh, on on the way on the way up, just because just to give, I'll, I'll put the rope. I'll just take the rope with me up so that when I get to the uh, to the ground, like to outside where the tree burst up, I'll just sort of tie it around like wherever and then fly up. So that just so that those guys can climb up to outside of the okay, bunker. Cool. Thing. So you guys can make an athletics check with advantage because of the rope. And as you fly up, Asker, you see the young Intians sort of see you and say, oh, he can fly. Oh, my gosh. Did you know he can fly? Can we fly? No, no, we, no. It's just him. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so let me check those athletics checks. That's a 17 from Milksteak. So you climb up no problem onto the sort of ground floor because you were on lower ground before. Schmogus Borden. Oh, you've already done it. So that's a 22 from Schmogus Borden. Yeah, you climb up easily, overtaking Milksteak about halfway up. Fucking <laughs> gladiators. So let me just <laughs> grab your icons. This is uh, an interesting ton of events. Uh, I didn't expect that we'd be moving to this map. Um, Some fries, motherfucker. <laughs> is that a like a pun on surprise, motherfucker? Yeah, it's that. It's, it's like a vine thing or something, where like someone walks up and says, "Surprise, motherfucker," and then they go like, "Some fries," or supplies motherfucker or sunrise motherfucker and then you just like do it everything that sort of sounds like it and there's like a vine for each thing uh, okay i think uh, i might have seen something like that on reddit okay i i got 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 this sam by the way that's what i'm drinking oh nice oh uh, oh and listen listen oh yeah Did that, that that's through? a good part oh, i love that, that. sound it's a very cool sound okay so i will trans late you guys to this map and you can see the trunk of the tree seemingly has found a a place to emerge from and it is stretching across like a huge distance like its branches cast a large amount of this area in shade roughly probably that amount is in shade can you see that bigger circle yeah. Yes. Cool. Well, so, part, parts of it anyway. Asker is way up above you guys, about you know 150 feet, and you're just standing there with the Indians having to field their questions. Can you get Jimmy? Can you get him? He's up there. Can you see him? And Asker, at that moment, you do see a tiny Indian like grabbing one of the medium high branches, <laughs> desperately clinging on. All right. I'll. Uh, I'll. Uh... They can fly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just tell him he can fly. He should just leap and trust, and then make a persuasion check. <laughs> no, I, uh, uh, okay, yeah. Because uh, the only reason I'm doing this now is because after we leveled last time and we leveled to eight, uh, I, I now have have plus eight in persuasion. So, Dope. oh, Boom. with a twenty-three, <laughs> he says, "Do you really think so? I mean." 
She said that we would gain more abilities as we grow, but I don't know. And he takes like one arm off and like tries to flap it to see if it gets him any purchase in the air. And when it doesn't, he says, I don't know. It doesn't feel like I can. All right, I'll, 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 go and, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go and actually get him and fly him down. Uh, you hear oh. screams and cheers. Woo, we got in! Look at it, it's Jimmy! Oh my gosh, Jimmy, are you okay? And they all <laughs> huddle around him and seem very pleased. Oh, thank you, mister. Thank you so much. Yeah, so uh, good news and bad news, right? Good news is that she is dead. And you have a new tree, yay! Woo-hoo! Bad news though is that there's probably more of the more adults coming, so oh. just yeah, oh. you should probably not live here anymore, probably. And the tree is a bit of a giveaway; they know where to go. Just saying. And then after uh, on, on that note, I just like, and then I fly back up to the face of the tree because <laughs> I want to. <laughs> okay, you go up to the face of the tree. Does milk steak and smorgasbord do anything at this point? You see them. Uh, I think he's still climbing up. No. Who is? Are you climb? Are you going to climb all the hundred and fifty feet? I'm just thinking. It still goes way up, doesn't it? If you roll and fall, you're you're not going to take a bit of damage. If you fall 150 feet, you're mush. Mm, That's quite high. Yeah, maybe you can do our our talking for us. I would love to have like Schmoes Borden and and uh, milkstick just yelling suggestions really loudly to ask her as he's having the conversation <laughs> based on how loudly... oh man this would have been perfect for writing yeah skywriting but i mean Sorry, this would that's, have been, not, uh, perfect that's not perfect the for simplest solution to the problem is it <laughs> all right well i'm up there i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna say hello my name is asker what's your name hello my name is Golthorn. Hey, Golthorn. How, how, how are you doing? You, you, you good? I feel good now. I've been in darkness for quite a while. I don't know how long. Where are we? Um, we're here. And that's great. Oh, so, so you don't I know say... either, I see. I mean, who really ever knows? You know what I mean? True, so, bro. Very I, true. <laughs> you guys here, by the way, you hear this like really clearly because <laughs> he's got such a deep, booming voice. It resonates through the whole trunk. So it only just sounds slightly quieter. It's like, yeah, bro, totally. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so who, who are you? What, what are you about? I am from, the bro? go-between, the bridge that links the world of man with the world of nature. Dude. Oh, well, how, how, how does that work? How do you bridge it? Do you bridge it because you're big? Because I feel like it's a metaphor, but you are really tall. So are you this literally bridging it? Or what do you mean? How I came to be is a mystery to me. It had happened so long ago, but... I have access to the environment. I can feel things. Who is here? What buildings are here? How the natural environment has been shaped in this area. And I can help you try to interact with the natural world better. Homie. Oh, that's, 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 that's great news, you know, because we're kind of stuck here. And the, the bad guys who imprisoned you, which, by the way, we saved you from, 
they they are oh, gonna, they're going to come back, you know. They, yeah, they they they're coming back. You know, they're just on the road now, like getting all their shit together and going to come and fight us and stuff. So I am upset like, about that. And you see a bunch of acorns fall down from the branches like rapidly, <laughs> and all the Indians are like, "Ah, it's raining!" <laughs> It'd be like bullets by the time. Yeah. <laughs> um cool so do you mind like giving us a bit of a heads up if someone is uh coming over like what what can what can you see like what can you feel like how okay um the way this works is there's a spell in D D beyond if you look it up it's called commune with nature mm. uh, yeah. you briefly become one with nature you gain knowledge of the surrounding territory um in the outdoors, you have knowledge of the land within three miles, but with this creature that you've summoned, you have knowledge of the environment uh, in six miles. And uh, in caves and other natural underground settings, the radius is not limited to 300 feet. Um, the spell also does function where nature has been replaced by construction. So it's basically an, a much more re less restricted version of the commune with nature spell. So you can learn three facts uh, of the following subjects. So terrains and bodies of water, plants, minerals, powerful celestials or creatures, influence from other planes of existence, buildings, um, and also the things that it says it can't do, you can find out about as well. But you've got three facts, like three questions. You may have questions three. I know it's weird to say it that way, but I'm old. <laughs> okay, cool, sweet. Just give me a sec, and I'm just gonna pop pop down real quick to my fellow. You're gonna commune with your dude. friends, I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they they let me do more than three questions, though. They're like, oh, those are know. good guys. You should hold on to those. Yeah. But can can you hear us from down there, by the way? Or do I need to come up here every time we want to talk? I mean, if you yell, it's pretty faint at the moment. Those little things sound like. <laughs> <laughs> does, does he actually do that? You notice the branches move in a sort of like <laughs> doing bunny ears type of thing. All right, so I'll, I'll just fly down so that I can chat with these guys. And so, uh, so what, what do you think? What, what should I ask them? Is there anything you, you would have done if you were up there? Uh, um, the, he was mentioning like uh, powerful creatures. No. Yeah, that's okay. one of the things you can find out about, yeah. So maybe you can ask about that. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's one question. Well, as in, like, how many of those bad guys are going to come back, if you can sense anything like that? Yeah, I guess. Do be good to know. Okay, so I'll, I'll shoot back up and I'll ask him about the, um, you know, if there are any, what, what powerful creatures might be uh, in the area. Okay, you ask him what powerful creatures might be in the area, and he says, Hmm, in that facility over there, and he points with his branch back where you guys came from, there are one or two Intians, they call themselves, that are quite old, quite powerful, but most of them are not nothing special, really. There is a lot of arcane energy down below me, where my roots are, the highest concentration I've ever felt. Not creatures, but essence, pure. 
that's the end of his answer. Okay. So there's only a couple of powerful guys there then, so... I mean, one of them end, ended up being, you know, displaced in a sauerkraut barrel, so... <laughs> uh, maybe we shouldn't be that worried about them. Maybe we can reason. Um, interesting question, not question, but that arcane drink or liquid I mean, they're clearly making it and having like almost as a fuel up in their, you know, base. Should we, should we, should we blow it up? Now you've... Yes. I, I mean, I'm just brainstorming good ideas here, you know. As a, as a, your thinkering skills, how, how would you, would you know how to trigger can, the can, reaction? I, I should be able to whip up a bomb, surely. Uh, maybe, maybe should we go back down there? Do we want to do another card first, and then we can go down? Do we not want to do another card? I feel like we another want to do card. another card. Yeah. yeah, I feel like mine didn't done anything actually; just disappeared. Yeah, it was a lame card. Yeah, I, I'm sure we'll regret saying that later. But yeah. for now, Sean, do you want to draw a card? You haven't drawn a card yet. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll draw a card. Yeah. Well, don't be a donter. Okay, roll a d13 for me. Please. Oh, do you know how to write that in roll 20? Yeah, nice. Okay, with an yeah. 8. Um, okay. Okay. You pull out a card and it's got a picture of a diamond on it or some precious gem and it says the word sharpest underneath and uh yeah okay it immediately starts transforming in your hand the card folding up like origami and it starts to form harder and harder shapes and triangles and it becomes a diamond very similar to the one that is depicted on the card and you feel a warmth in your hand as you hold it and Immediately, you become almost impossible for your companions to see. You wonder, where did Schmorgus Borden go? You, you've lost him. Can they hear me when I say... Hello? You suddenly hear Schmorgus Borden's voice, and you track the voice to his location. And when you tilt your head from side to side, you can see that there's a shape there that roughly outlines Schmorgus Borden, but it's as if he's chameleoned with the background somehow. Nice visibility cloak. Nice. I'm I'm gonna draw the next card of the from the top of the deck. Okay, roll a d13. <laughs> uh, this is gonna end badly, I reckon. <laughs> okay. Oh, with a twelve. Another tree. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> with a twelve, you pull out a card that looks exactly the same as the one that uh, Aska pulled out. It's got a tree on it. It says Earth on it. But this time, it just fizzles out, and nothing happens. Damn it. <laughs> All right, so you can't do more than one card. That's fine. Um, how, uh, okay, so, cause I've, uh, okay, so before I fly down, by the way, I'm just going to do this, like, uh, you know, I'll see you later, Tree. Oh, no, what was his name? Uh, his name was Golthorn. Golthorn. Uh, 
Formbro, uh, I'm going to call him. Formbro, uh, I'll see you later. Uh, I'll, I'm just going to scoot down and, and chat with my less cool friends. Maybe. Right? See you later, Maybe man. Maybe we could ask him if he's got any advice. Um, how to kill these well, guys. Um, I've already flown down to talk to you. And what I'm going to, like, are, are you still holding this this thing that makes you invisible? How does that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you drop how, it... How do I you... stop being invisible? Uh, when you think yeah. that, it immediately makes you visible again. And now that you've interacted with the item, you know that it will give you a plus... I think 10 to your stealth check once per day. So it's like a once per day type thing. And then... Where is it? Okay. Let me find the stats. So... Yeah, it's kind of like having a, it's called, um, there's a spell that does this. It's called uh, Pass Without Trace. It's like having your own pocket Pass mm. Without Trace. Um, and it lasts for a minute though. So it's quite short term. It gets you out of a jam basically. And uh, yeah, it's really handy, but it also feels just very powerful. Like you haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what it can do. Also, as you're as you're saying oh. this and having this little conversation at the base of the tree, uh, Milksteak, you notice that the exposed earth that this tree has ripped open in the stone-paved village square, a creature mm -hmm. rises up out of the mud. It looks kind of bizarre to to behold. It looks like this. It's like a little winged imp made of mud. And it proceeds to come up to you, Milksteak, and say, Hey, do you have do you have any gold? I smell I smell riches. Do you have any gold for me? I do have gold for you, buddy. Here you go. I'll give him a gold coin. Ooh, okay. Um <laughs> make a persuasion check with advantage. Ooh, what did nice. you roll? What did you roll? Twenty one. Okay. Um, Earth card. Okay, cool. Ah, oh, my life has been so hard until now. I really appreciate this gesture. Okay, I've got a tip for you. Just because you've been so nice to me. And he starts like flipping the coin up like he's from a Dickensian street hawker scene. And he says, the ground over there. And he points to the ground that he just came out of has whispers it it's almost the ground around here can talk not like me obviously i can talk i'm a i'm a mud my feet but this ground can talk and it says that there's some serious like stuff it, it's not very good it's mud it can't talk very well down below that <laughs> caused it to be able to talk and it's just chattering about that non-stop anyway you might find that interesting and then the mud my feet just like flies away so by that, by that he means uh, it's coming from the place that we came. Yeah, he points like that. down below where you guys climbed up through. Okay. Do we uh, return back down there? Because I feel like now is the second so. time this is being men mentioned. Uh, right. Let's tell the kids to uh, keep an eye out for for other people, and let, let, we're going to go down and let us know if someone else. Uh, com comes to the village. You're gonna we'll tell come, the kids or we'll tell the tree? 
the, the kids. To let you know the next time someone comes into the village? Mm. Okay, sure, mister, you saved Jimmy. And Jimmy's like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> we'll we'll yell down this hole as loud as we can, or we can we can come down as well. I mean, we know the way. Oh. Yeah, let's, nope. let's go down. Shall we? Anything else? Is there anything else we want to do with the tree? It sounds it sounds like quite a powerful, important tree. I wonder if there's anything else we can get out of it. I, I guess it's a it's a per, per, sure permanent what. spell, right? Maybe like a permanent better spell that we can sort of ask to. I mean, check we can always come back. At least we know yeah. that those. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, a trick. At least we know that those sauerkraut lovers, um, not necessarily that powerful. Uh, so yeah, you know, I think we should make like yeah. the tree. <laughs> nice. And leave. What's the, the marching? What's the marching order? Like, who goes down first, <laughs> second, and third? I'll fly down, you know, first, like okay. a boss. You fly down. And I reckon by now this, because I think it lasts ten minutes, is it? Hang on. You're yeah, flying ability. I'll, yeah. So I reckon it'll, it's about to finish, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, then... So I'll just. Uh, Who's next out of Smorgasbordon and Milksteak? I can go next. I don't, I don't mind. As you reach for the rope, the rope suddenly coils up into a shape and bites down on you. And you are incredibly surprised to find... Does a 13 hit you? Uh, no. Okay, so you see this little coiled up rope creature with teeth is starting to like bite you and everybody needs to roll initiative you also notice a shower of sparks wow. as this creature forms very similar to the sparks that happened when you drew that first card the one that said like identity on it or something new identity okay is, is this uh, the arcane shit below that's doing weird stuff you can make an arcana check. Uh, oh, with an 18. You think that this is not necessarily to do with the um, the area below. Based on the sparks that appeared, these sort of arcane uh, sparks, this is likely to do with the card that uh, Milksteak drew earlier on. In which, you know, nothing happened ostensibly at the beginning. Um, Okay, so that means the first to react is uh, the Mimic. So the Mimic missed you the first time. It's going to try to pseudopod you. Pseudopod me? Well, is that a sexual thing? or? Yeah. Was... No, pseudopod is like a, it's <laughs> like a tentacle. Does a 15 hit you? No. No, it tries to grab you with this little rope tentacle but it bounces off then the next turn is Asker. you see the mimic suddenly say i want to eat you come over here i'm gonna bite you i'm gonna bite you come here come on i i cast a firebolt Ooh, okay cast <laughs> away oh 12 um 12 hits causing eight fire damage and you see the rope starts to fray and uh smolder uh, is that the end of your turn? Uh, it is, yeah. Nice. Next up is Milksteak's turn. You see this little okay, I'm not rogue creature. Use anything. 
uh, strong against the rope. <laughs> yeah, this is what we conserve <laughs> our efforts. Mm -hmm. Just gonna. Uh, I'm confused. That you just rolled damage. Oh. I think you need to roll yeah. to hit. Uh, uh, oh, frostbite. Okay, so he needs to make a saving throw, or it needs yeah. to make a saving throw, which it fails so it takes 11 cold damage as it gets real frosty up in here and you see icicles form on the outside of its ropey tendrils is that the end of your turn uh yeah um i mean can i can i try to pick the rope and try to shake it or what would shaking it accomplish what are you hoping to I do i don't know just just like you know annoy him a bit yeah annoy him a bit <laughs> okay you can make a performance would... check, maybe maybe try to make a lasso out of the, the well, mimic. That, that would be survival. Make a survival check if you're going to try and make a lasso out of it. Because technically, it would be interacting with an object. Uh, survival, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, with a nine. Oh, you grab it with both hands, and you feel it stick to your hands. And you feel like you can't let go. It's like super glue. And on your turn, you can try to, um, uh, you can try to, <laughs> you can try to get it off you. Uh, you're also grappled. So you're, uh, let me try and figure out what grappled does. Yeah, your movement is zero. You're basically wrapped up by this thing like a constrictor snake and it's stopping you from moving. Uh, you also, <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that it's, doing you can try to get out of the grapple on your turn yeah. but that's what is happening at the moment next up is smorgasbord I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to produce flame very basic it's only a rope i'll okay, put away cool. any nonsense on it uh oh a natural <laughs> 20 and you rolled whoa a huge amount so Am I, is it asking? <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, that's 24 fire damage from produced flame. Because I think because you've yes. reached you've reached a certain level, doesn't that mean that your cantrips... Yeah, it's 2d8. Yeah, wow. Okay, so 24 fire damage. And this thing is incredibly scorched. However, that means that um, you can roll a dexterity saving throw milk's take. <laughs> I will. Oh no! <laughs> that was fun. I got plenty of HP. <laughs> oh, with a five, uh, you oh. you take a roll. It's not as bad as it could be. You take six fire damage as the the flames overlap because it's currently wrapped around you. <laughs> but the twenty-four fire oh. damage to this creature was surely worth it. It looks well messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the end of your turn? Yeah, that would do me. Okay, now it is <laughs> I'm going gonna to... walk walk away triumphantly. <laughs> it's going to try to bite you, uh, uh, milk steak, and it has advantage because yeah. it's currently grappling you. 24 yeah. to hit, dealing 8 piercing damage and 5 acid damage as its little ropey teeth bite into oh. you like tiny little leeches. God, he's strong. Uh, 13 damage. He is. And he says, I will eat you yet. I am ropey and I am hungry. 
and then yeah, he's sure shit is ropey. Ask us. Uh, it's like he's barely got sentience. He can only describe his very basic characteristics. I'm ropey. <laughs> I will cast another firebolt. Ooh, with a oh, natural dear. one. You're so put off by the weird description that the rope gave of itself <laughs> that your firebolt goes wide, cracking one of the windows... <laughs> of the village Intians, like where they live, one of their little hut windows goes like, and they say, Jimmy's house. <laughs> Jimmy's having a really tough day today. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, is that the end of Asgard turn? What else would you like to do? I shall yield, because okay. maybe it will. Okay, make a persuasion check. Ooh, with a 20, it says, oh, you, you do look more delicious. Maybe, maybe after I've eaten this one. Uh, and it's interpreted what you've said as like, you know, like, eat me instead. Um, next up is Milksteak's turn. <laughs> what can I do? Can I try to... Oh, you can try and escape the grapple. It's got a pretty basic DC of 13. Mm-hmm. So if you roll an athletics or acrobatics check, 13 or better, then you will escape. Athletic, uh, yeah, acrobatics is higher than athletics. Oh yeah, with a 17, you managed to backflip out of its coils as it's momentarily distracted by looking hungrily at Asker. It loosens its grip on you, so you are no longer grappled. Can I do anything? Uh, yeah. I'm going to say it doesn't specify in the description that it's an action, so I'm going to say it's not. Okay. Uh, I'm going to frostbite it again. Uh, oh, damn it. Oh, wow. Okay, so it needs to make a constitution save, um, which it succeeds. Does it take half of five? Uh no, I don't think so. One second. On a failed save, target takes... Yeah, it does, doesn't take any okay. damage. So basically, it's still slightly on fire from uh, Schmorgus Borden's uh, produced flame, which was huge. So the fire just gets put out by your frostbite, but it doesn't actually damage it. And it says, oh, thank you. That was an itch I couldn't scratch, if you know what I mean. <laughs> gross little motherfucker this one is. Yeah, it, it like mimics, mimics are gross. Like... You get the sense that, imagine if this was a rope instead of a chest, that's kind of what it's like. Is everything you yeah. going to turn into a mimic now because you give them, or was it new identity? Or uh, You can make uh, Arcana check if you want to determine that. Okay, with a 10, you're not sure. You've only got the observations that you've seen so far, that this has similar sparks appear, like arcane offshoots. Uh, when it appeared, but you haven't seen them elsewhere. All right, well, let's see if you can go uh, and go and give Galad a hug later, and see if you can <laughs> maybe make turn him into a mimic. Who's Who's Galahad? Uh, Schmorgus Borden's turn, I think, because that was the end <laughs> uh, of Mistake's turn. Yeah. So um, it's not it's not clutching holding anymore, is it? You've, you've wriggled free. Uh, yeah, he's so no can... longer being grappled. Yeah. So I can produce produce flame again. Of course, I have to ask him. 
fake Ooh, cocky. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's it's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. You, it's fine. You definitely hit, and it's on fire again. And it says, "Oh, just after I got rid of that, it's just like hell." <laughs> um, and it looks to be on death's door. It's mostly like you know how ropes are made up of lots of tiny strands wrapped together. It's down to like the strands are in quarters now, so it's like made up of four slightly floppier ropes. Is that the end of Schmuggers Boy? <laughs> okay, that would be. Mimic's turn. Yeah, Mimic yeah. is going to try to attack Morgus Borden with a pseudopod. Ooh, a seven. It misses horribly as its tendrils no longer give it like structural rigidity. And it says, I'll <laughs> get you yet. And it tries to slither away. So that is going to be a movement speed of 15, 5, 10. 15. So you can all get opportunity attacks on it as it leaves your melee range. Nice. So that's like a melee attack. Uh, the 10 misses with a dagger from Asker as you stab wildly at it, but realize a longer weapon probably would have helped you more. The carrot blade finds its mark for four damage, but it's still feebly crawling away. Uh, Schmogus Borden's turn. So, so uh, I've got a scimitar yeah, that kind in of my thing. equipment. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. If that's my best thing, but let's try anyway. Oof, with a seven, uh, you miss it horribly and it says, I'm escaping! And it's only like 15 feet away. Um, that is Asker's <laughs> turn. Ooh, Another one of these fucking fireballs. It bursts <laughs> into flames. How do you want it to die? Uh, I want one end to start to burn like the Mission Impossible opening dun, into a thing. Dun, dun, like, dun. And, then, and then it goes like, <laughs> until he's like all burned up. Yeah, it's, it's like a reverse Lady in the Tramp spaghetti scene, but with yeah. burning. <laughs> nice. Well done, everyone. That was a truly challenging and hilarious encounter. <laughs> That was far more challenging than expected. You see it? the intient children are like, Yay, well done! This is amazing! Jimmy, are you seeing this? <laughs> There's some kind Good of job, superheroes. I'll, I'll turn at Jimmy and go, Thanks, bud. Couldn't have done without, without you. And then I'll jump down the hole. He on. knows my name! Um, and you <laughs> jump down the hole successfully because your fly has probably run out by this point. You can climb down the rope. It's not that far. Okay, let's get down. Cool. I will move you guys to the other map. Uh huh. So therefore, player token, and you can see where you are now, right? Correct. Nice. Mm -hmm. You see exactly the same space you saw before. The uh, um, stale air of a basement and the coldness of the metal interior hits your nostrils. So this down here is probably what they're sensing, right? You can is, yeah, investigate. Yeah, yeah let's, let's head over there and have a look. Yeah. Okay. You see, as I is described... We, we, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, we've, we've been here already, right? But we didn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an investigator probably. I think you were is this, like is this in, a door? You were in combat at the time, yeah. In the southern side, there's multiple double doors leading to you're not sure 
There's also a door to the east, um, like there. And that okay. seems to be the only doors you can see. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tubes, each with a different colored viscous liquid inside of it. And the glass manufacturing, as I said, seems to be a similar style to the weird tubes you discovered in the facility behind that secret door. And there's a strange green roiling cauldron of liquid in the middle and weird machinery, copper coils everywhere that you don't fully understand, valves, wheels, things like that. So is this this uh, liquid in the middle, is that exposed? As in we can... Yeah, yeah, totally. Um... I'll 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 take you know I feel like this is the, this is the reason I still have this in my possession. I'll take uh, uh, Bob the wooden duck mm -hmm. uh, that that Arunas once upon a time peed on as a uh, as a cat, and I will put it in the vat of of the green stuff to see if it comes out as like a duck superhero or a villain. Who knows? But I'll pop okay. it in. Uh, roll a D one hundred for me. Oh, wow. You rolled a one on a D100. That does not happen very often. Okay. Um, uh, you see the duck. The duck, like, sparks every color in the rainbow, and it shifts, getting smaller, bigger, smaller, bigger, pointier, more rounded, and then it turns into a dagger. And then it just floats there before disappearing below the surface. Huh. Mm. That's weird. Okay, so no more wooden duck. <laughs> poor Bob. Says, I mean, he served a very interesting purpose, but poor Bob. A very specific purpose, I'd say. Uh, I have a tiny skeleton. Ooh, I'll drop that one in as well. Okay, roll a D100 for you, me. You know, remember one of those? Is the, do I oh, still have that's, that? That's then? from the like uh, the world that you went to where it was like a tiny version of a dungeon with little people in it, right? Yeah, 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 and you then still, they die. You still have it. You still have it. Cool. I'll put that in. Okay, roll a d100 for me. Ooh, okay, seven. High roller right here. Um, <laughs> this time, you see it go through a very similar transition, like bigger, smaller, rounder, black, white, green, and then it turns into a short bow and then sinks beneath the surface. Okay, so I feel like... I'm just throwing all my shit in this thing for no reason. You're getting um, interesting results. For sure. Yeah. And they I seem just, to be very. I've got, I've got like. They seem to be very well made. Uh, the dagger and the short bow, like more than the average one you would see in a general store, surprisingly, uh, before they disappear beneath the green liquid <laughs> surface. Schmogsport. Yeah, I think we could get some really good stuff. I've got, I don't know if this is still things from a previous, I don't know if we still have this. I've got a bone saxophone. Oh, nice. That gone yeah, now? you still have that. <laughs> okay, I've got that. I'm going to put that in. Okay. Um, roll a D100 for me. Uh -huh. Oh, a 76 interesting things are happening okay let me just find my s okay you see 
the bone saxophone hits the surface, goes through a much more violent transformation where it stretches into goo in a whole bunch of even wider directions. And it goes through pinks and purples and greens before becoming a neatly coiled black rope and disappears below the surface. Hmm. Do you think we can retrieve these items somehow? Is there any way of getting them where we just are we just literally lobbing some stuff into some green ooze? I, can I do like an arcana check to see if I can figure out if there's a safe way of retrieving them? Yeah, make an arcana check with advantage because I mean you've done a lot of interacting with this environment. You're pretty familiar. Ooh, natural 20. Okay. Oh. With a natural 20, you get the sense that the arcane energy coming off of this area is very strong, very pure, very raw. But your tinkering knowledge also augments this information and tells you that this is kind of like fuel. This is just raw energy. You need something to control it with if you are going to try to get stuff out of this. And your instincts tell you to follow the the machinery around here and see if you can find where it leads to. I'll, uh, I have a good idea, guys. I think we should follow the machinery and see where it leads us. <laughs> guys, okay. I have an even better idea. Let's follow this machinery and see where it leads us. I mean, that, that, that's why you are our unspoken leader, my friend. I feel like I'm in an episode of Naked Gun. <laughs> with, yeah. with that guy um cool so you follow the weird coils of copper wire and the valves and they lead south towards the series of double doors down here uh yes all right let's uh let's see if we can uh, open these double doors let's see if we can push them open slowly to see if there is another one of those big ass golems or something inside because they were a bitch to fight you yeah, push it that's true. Yeah. slowly, and you Bit discover quietly. a detailed control room with dials, and switches, and knobs. That, I, that looks like a control room if I've ever seen one. Yeah, it's incredibly detailed <laughs> and complex looking. And it has a door to the west, and just so many dials and valves, and a small workbench in the southwest corner. Sorry, southeast corner. Okay. Can, it's like a can tinkerer's I, dream. My... You're in heaven, Asker. Yeah, yeah. I'll, can I go in and see if I can figure out how any of this shit works? Yeah, make a tinkering check with advantage. So, you remember, what's your tinkering thing again? It's like your proficiency or something that we add. Dexterity plus yes. proficiency. If you can work that Dexterity out. Dexterity plus proficiency. That's plus four. So, so do I roll 1d... 1d20 plus 4 then? So is your dexterity plus 2 and your proficiency is also plus 2? Uh, my proficiency is plus 3 and my dexterity plus 1. Oh, okay, so yeah, it's plus 4 in total. So roll d20 plus 4 with advantage, so you get to do it twice. Then I will copy that, so I don't have to... Okay. With a 15, you get a sense of what these dials do. And you are confident, based on everything you've seen so far that they are used to manufacture arcane items. You're reminded of the equipment that you saw in the beginning of this basement. You found a series of like uh, wooden shafts, axe heads, sword blades, like item materials, like ingredients, all scattered about, measuring tools, like craftsman's equipment. And you get the sense that this is where all of that comes together. And you mix various different arcane essences to create different kinds of items with different properties. Um, 
you've got a degree of control over what you want to potentially do with it. Like you can try and select a type of item, for example, and a type of potency, but you don't have complete knowledge of how it works. So there's an element of randomness to the thing you might end up with if you use this. So I could, for example, take my crossbow and do something with the crossbow to make it an enchanted crossbow. You gather that that would be plausible, yes. Right, I'll I'll just try to do that then, because the crossbow I can live without for now. Okay, uh, so you see over on the north uh, eastern corner of the room is like three vats, and each vat has a yeah. little door at the front of it with a little platform, like you can put stuff in the vats. And you gather that if you put the crossbow in one of the vats, you can affect its properties. And uh, Smorgasbordin and Milkstag at this point, you see Asker like darting around the room breathlessly interacting with knobs and dials going, I can do it. I think, I think I, I've got it. All right, I'll, I'll try I'll put it in one of the vats then and see if I can do something cool with it. Okay, cool. So what's gonna happen is, cause you rolled a 15, you get to use this machine three times to see what your crossbow is going to turn into. So you roll a d100. Uh, no, firstly, you're going to roll a it's, a... it's a complex machine. Um, okay, so one, two, three, four. Yeah, firstly, you're going to roll a d4. Okay. Two. Okay. Now you can roll a d100 three times. Okay. Uh, 68 and 80. And it's 76. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, 76, 68, and 80. Okay. So what happens is... 68 and 80. Okay, the 68. You see that the... Uh, um, the item, the, <laughs> the, the, what's it called? Crossbow starts to glow with a yellow aura and you interpret the, the readout on the screen as, uh, protection. And you've got to decide whether you want to stick with that or like roll again with your other roles and see if you can improve or change the properties to something more desirable. I feel like having a, a crossbow of protection is not a good idea, right? Because mm. I don't want to be protecting whoever I'm shooting arrows at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll try. I'll I'll do I'll do I'll do again then. Okay. So which, what's the next number after sixty-eight? Eighty. Eighty. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> you press the dial into the next position. <laughs> and you see it transforms into a red aura glowing off of it, and you interpret the dials and the screen readout as being missile attraction. <laughs> missile attraction. That not necessarily mm. sounds bad. You could use it as like a Ghostbusters thing where you throw it on the floor and then it sucks in all the missiles. Yeah. If they're heading your way. I'm intrigued oh, by no, this. It's quite, it's quite, 
Yeah, I'll stick with this because it might get. I mean, if I only have one more shot, then it might be something really bad again. Yeah, I'll try this. I don't really know what it means. I'll stick with this. You take it out and it glows faintly red, even as it fades a little bit as you hold it in your hands. And I will see if I can find that item for you. Uh, uh, What did I say? Do you guys have anything you want me? Can I keep doing it with other items as well? Yeah, you've got a level of understanding where you can play around with this. Hmm. I I wouldn't mind if you would just try to like enchant my my main armor because I don't use weapons much. My main things probably is just like equipment sure. that I'm wearing all the time. Yeah, yeah. So if you, yeah, I, I, it was a bit of a uh, it was a bit of a experimentation thing going. I, I wanted to see how it worked. So basically, uh, as you take this thing out, you can write in your inventory or you can add like a custom note to your item or you can add it as a separate item. And it basically means that while you're holding this crossbow, you have resistance to damage from all ranged weapon attacks. Oh, that's That's very good. So any, any ranged attack that hits you is halved, basically. Uh, I don't really, how do I, uh, okay, uh, so should I add a custom item for this? I don't really know how to do this, so I remember it. I don't want to just do a note. Can I do it? Like, does this exist as a thing? No? Um, no, I'm kind of mixing and matching things at the moment. So the way to do it is if you click on your item, your crossbow or whatever, you should be able to make like a note to it. Like he, like for example, Milksteak turned everything into a carrot version. You should theoretically be able to make like note-based alterations to it. Uh, I see, I see. Hang on. Uh, how did I have done it? I think. Uh... I don't know, bro. Uh, customize, maybe. Name. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, notes. Okay. So. Uh, what, what should I put for note? Resistance if I put something so that... to damage from ranged weapon attacks. Of, and I'm going to call it a crossbow, crossbow of resistance. Nice. So you Just were, so you were able to add a note to the item itself. Yeah, a note to the item and change the name. So it's called crossbow of resistance and then in notes it says what it does. That's nice. kind of neat. Okay, yeah, that's cool. great. And that's you can a... see that from your character sheet view? Yeah. Nice. Cool. Sorry, uh, Milksteak, you said something? Um... No, I don't think that I said it. it's just Joe is going to try to do my my armor up now. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, to do that half plate, see if I can get that okay. enchanted. So um, I will say, for fun, Milksteak, you can roll uh, a d4 firstly. Ooh, a one, okay. Now roll three d100s for me. Okay. That last thing. So, okay. Um, firstly, <laughs> you see the uh, armor takes on a brown quality, like the earth, and you notice every now and then, like strange creatures pop their head out of the sides of the armor periodically and then disappear, like whack-a-mole. But your armor is the whack-a-mole. Do you <laughs> stay or hit? Like hit or stand? <laughs> stand. You want to stand? Yeah. Okay, cool. You take the armor out 
And what this basically does is, <laughs> this is hilarious. Uh, so, which one did I pick again? Was the Sony one? Uh, I'm really fucking with the mechanics of D&D at this point. Um, so basically, this acts like a tan bag of tricks. And whenever you want to activate it, um, it takes like an action, I think, to, to use it. And uh, so basically, if you, it's a real item that you can find in D&D Beyond. And I mean, you might as well just have that item even though you don't actually have it, you have all the properties of it. You, you like yeah. access it through the armor. So it's called the yeah. bag of tricks and you have the tan variant and basically you activate it and you pull something out of your armor as if you had something concealed there the whole time. And then like a jackal or a baboon or something might just emerge and start wreaking havoc everywhere. <laughs> I like that. So one second, so bag of tricks, there is a wonder, uh, normal bag of tricks, gray bag of tan. tricks. Tan, you want the tan um, one. Tan, okay. Lovely. Cool. Um, does anyone else want to do anything as you're um, gazing upon the cool. arcane equipment in front of you? I'm going to ask you to do the same thing to my adamantine splint. And so I shall. Okay, roll a d4 for me, Shmogus Pardon. Thank you very much. Oh, a three. Okay, so with a three. Okay, now roll three d100s for me. D100s are my favorite dice by far. Okay. Yes, oh. agreed. Okay. Okay. Uh, wow. This is unexpected. Um, all right. You, you see your uh, adamantine plate armor, was it? A splint, I think. A splint, yeah. It basically yeah, yeah. It stands up of its own volition inside the platform of this little tube and starts like gesturing with its little metal shoulder pieces and giving uh, like speech. Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Once more, we shall succeed. And you didn't realize it could talk or have such leadership <laughs> skills, but that is what happens. Do you stick or hit? I mean, I'm, I'm going to try again because I've already got that other thing that talks to me. That's too many voices in my head. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, so let, let me just take a different number. I'm not telling you which number I'm taking because it's more fun that way. Um, okay. Uh, so many numbers. Uh, where are we? Okay. It's a really purple page here on your screen, bro. Oh yeah, I've got a light on in the background. I'll deal with that later. Okay, so oh, no. the next thing, the next thing that happens, Smogus Borden, is that it just sort of nothing happens. It just looks exactly the same. Do you stick or continue? Oh, it probably. I mean is. that. It's probably done something amazing, and it's it's like it looks like it's done the thing, but it's probably like doubled its armor armor class or something. Who knows? Uh, something really. Uh, uh, I like this. I don't know what to do. This feels I'm so gonna, much like blackjack. Yeah, it does. I'm gonna go with that one. I, I I like the mystery. Okay, you take it out, and you discover that it is incredibly cold. In your in your hand like it's immensely cold and you gain the properties of uh, a staff of frost 
So if you look that up, that's a D&D yeah, 5e okay. item. And it enables you to cast a bunch of, like, ice spells and stuff. But you are incredibly cold whenever you wear this thing. So you basically are, like, your speed is is reduced by half because you're so cold. But you're just incredibly oh, no. powerful. You become, like, the god of winter and you can shoot, like, snow everywhere. But you're, like... It's a bit like being the Ice King in Adventure Time. <laughs> so if you add the Staff of Frost to your inventory, you can utilize that item's yeah. powers through your incredibly cold armor. <laughs> <laughs> so the cold armor makes me just... It doesn't hurt me, it just makes me move cause, slowly because I'm shivering. Yeah, it doesn't hurt you, but you're cold and you can only move 15 feet instead of 30. So... When you're moving squares on the battlefield, okay, okay. you can only move three instead of six. Okay. Cool. Okay, nice. I'll uh, I'll take that. And you can certainly you can take that on and off at will. I guess you can. Uh, equip well, and, and I equip mean, that. it would reduce your armor class, but yeah, you can take it off. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's uh, a reasonable result. Yeah. I just want to do one more. I want to do one of my daggers because I have two daggers I never use. So I'll just do one more thing then. Uh, roll a d4 for me. Ooh, four. Now roll three d100s. A bit like in Zelda, you know, when you're throwing stuff in the ponds um, and then get, get an upgraded version back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cooking. Um, okay. Basically, your dagger starts to shift and move and shake from side to side and become semi-translucent and then it almost disappears and then it comes back and then it starts to disappear again and it seems to be like shifting in and out of existence. Do you stick or hit? I mean, that's kind of cool. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit. Okay. <laughs> this is such a weird gambling game. Um, <laughs> I could play this all night. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. Oh, I have to read this fucking description. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, the dagger immediately enlarges. Basically, it seems to be struggling to fit inside of this uh, small tube. And it resembles a lobster, a huge lobster. Like it can barely be contained within the existence of this tube. And it's got a little glass screen where the lobster's eyes would be. And when you look closer, it appears to be mechanical. Stick or hit? I mean, I'll stick. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this, one, this one is fun. Um, okay, so you take it out. It is no longer a dagger in any way. It is a huge uh, lobster. But then as you grab it, it becomes like a barrel, like roughly a wine barrel, like a small like boutique beer barrel, you know, like Heineken sometimes sells them, right? You know the ones I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah. got like iron bands around it and you can look it up. It's called the Apparatus of Qualish. So K-W-A-L-I-S-H. And it's essentially a lobster car. <laughs> Oh, there it is. Apparatus of Qualish. It's a wondrous item. Yeah, it's got a speed of 30 feet, a swim speed of also 30 feet. Um, 
or zero feet <laughs> if the legs and tail aren't extended. It's just a little lobster car. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the barrel has a hidden patch, which can be found with a successful DC intelligence check. Do I need to do that, or do I know that because I didn't find it kind of thing? Um, or do no, I need to do the intelligence check every time I do it? No, no, wanna... you, you know it now. Especially because you're a tinkerer. Okay. So it floats on water. It can go underwater to a depth. Of, it's like also a submarine. It can go to a depth of 900 feet. Below that, the vehicle takes bludgeoning damage like from the pressure. Uh, a creature in the compartment can use an action to move as many, two, as many as two of the apparatus levers either up or down. After each lever, uh, after each use, a lever goes back to its neutral position. Each lever from left to right functions as shown in this thing. So you can either like forward windows shutters open shutters closed and like different states affect what you can do i'll probably simplify this a little because it looks a little complicated um but yeah very complicated lobster submarine <laughs> i mean cool i mean i'll i'll i'll, I'll remove one of my daggers here cool anyone else want another turn before we uh, continue questing Oh, yeah, go on. I think you, you should. You've got all these, like, bored yeah, looks on your faces, but really crazy shit is happening. Yeah, this is fucking bonkers, yeah. I got. A, I have a submarine. We'll have one more go each. So this, this is where, like, again, as a, as a relative newcomer to D&D, it's like, technically, we could stand it all day, like, getting rid of our rubbish stuff, this crazy stuff, but that's probably not a uh, good use of time. Well, you don't know. You could. You may not be able to you you haven't tested okay, I'm, the go, limits. I'm gonna do yeah. my carrot blade okay uh roll a d4 for me uh, okay now roll three d100s okay you see the carrot blade morphs and starts to take on like a shirt like appearance of these chained linked like armor plates and it seems to glow with a like a brown sturdy quality and it's become this chain shirt basically chain shirt is that an armor okay. it looks to be armor is that a quality of armor that sorry a heaviness of, of armor that you can wear because otherwise you probably want to hit yeah no i mean no no it's probably too heavy for you because right? the, so it became out of a sword into the armor Yes, that is correct. Um, no, let's let's continue rolling. Okay. Um, I don't want I don't want no shirt. <laughs> okay. Uh, where was I? Um, you uh, you see that your carrot blade becomes a carrot blade again, and then starts to shift in and out of existence, almost exactly the same way that uh, Asuka's item did. It just seemed to be like there and then not there and then there and then not there. Stick well, what, what was your final product again, Joe? The lobster submarine? How could you forget that? Uh, oh, yeah, it was we'll... lobster submarine, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, let, let's hit it again. I don't want lobster submarine. No, no, but no, what no, you, no. That, he, that's not what you would get. He hit on the shifting in and out thing. He, he passed oh, on okay. it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll just take it then. Okay. Uh, as it comes into your hand, it solidifies and stops shifting in and out of existence. But uh, it has the properties of a cubic gate. Essentially, it allows you to shift to other planes of existence, like 
memory speed dial on a mobile phone. Wow. Pretty good. Neat. Yeah. Uh, how it's called again? Cubic Cube. Gate. So C-U-B-I-C-G-A-T-E. I just texted you all a picture of my submarine in case you were curious. Of the, the exact submarine? Yeah. Nice. Um, awesome. So that happens. Oh, yeah. Um, you can all make perception checks. Ooh, natural one for Asker. He's too overwhelmed with the tinkerer's dream that's in front of him. 15 for Milksteak and a 21 for Schmorgus Borden. Okay, so with a 21 Schmorgus Borden, you glance out of the doors that you just came in via, and you can see that the level of the arcane liquid inside all these tubes has gone down considerably. You can't even really see it in any of the tubes anymore, and you can't see it at the top of the cauldron in the middle of the room. It looks like it's been consumed somehow. You also hear in the distance coming from the west you hear a sound that sounds like something tearing like a little bit like a thunderstorm like lightning sometimes sounds like tearing and it's coming distantly from the west okay it sounds like i mean yeah maybe we need to give this a pause sorry sean if you wanted to do another one i just I want to go and check and in, in, uh, see if uh, the stuff we threw in is still in the bottom of this big vat, then, if this is kind of okay. empty. Yeah. You, you go look, and it's not empty. It's just gone down considerably. You can't see the liquid right. colors in any of the tubes anymore, but you can see green stuff still in the middle. It's just gone way down. Okay, cool. Green liquid okay. in the middle cauldron. Uh, should, we, do, should we proceed west and see what's, what's there, then? How you feel, then? Um, yeah, there's a rumbling, so either head towards the rumbling or away from the rumbling down south. Because um, I feel like we want to see what how this is created. Because I'm guessing it's that that sound is to whatever is is doing to replenish all this uh, goo. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's go. I was um, thinking it yeah. might be a giant monster. Uh, it might be. It probably is, to be fair. Should we just open it slowly, the door, and see what's there? Yeah, so guys, before we do that, um, so that cube that I got it mm -hmm. is actually could be a, a valid escape tool. So if you're going to get ambushed, the only thing that you need to do is just stay close to me and grab my hands in case something happens, and then we can just just disappear. Into a different really? plane. We can join system. you into another plane. Yes. Um, so has everyone added all the items I, I told you? Like, have, has Schmorgasborden added the stuff of Frost? And has everyone added all that stuff to their inventory in D&D Beyond? I have, yeah. Okay. My stuff of Frost is badass. Sweet. Oh, make sure the ones that you need to attune to are attuned. Like, some items, I think, like, does that mean? Frost will say, like, attunement required. And in your equipment tab, you'll see, like, three attunement slots that you can put it into. <coughs> um, like, for example... Uh, I have nothing I can attune. You mean the items you got don't say that when you look at the description? No, on my attunement uh, tab, there is uh, nothing that can be attuned. Yeah, I got only Ring of Protection that I'm apparently attuned with, but I'm not sure how that happened. Probably it was 
in early sessions. Yeah, that's fine. If it doesn't say, if your items don't say that they require attunement, then you're fine. But the Staff of Frost does. So, so mine. Yeah. Yeah, and my docent as well. Okay, so you just. So uh, they only appeared in the attunement. Yeah, basically, when it, when you're under inventory, you have to click it active first, and then it appears in the achievement tab. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then you've you've done it right. I'm just making sure because that is like a limiting factor on their ability yeah, yeah, to yeah. do stuff. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That makes sense. You guys can uh, do Wait. whatever it was you wanted to do. Um. Uh, yeah. Let's go over here. Arunos goes first, and we're all sort of. Yeah. close by and then we uh, see if we can open this door and see what's on the other side okay you open Ready. the door you hear your docent smorgasbord and say goodness me what have you acquired that thing i can feel the cold radiating off of it from here oh are we being quiet oh i see and inside <laughs> you see like a small it looks kind of like a an empty desk. It's a U-shaped desk, and there's a series of hooks opposite the desk and a small bench, as if someone would hang up like clothes or coats here and then work on the U-shaped desk, but there's nothing on the desk. Then the corridor extends further west and you see a staircase. Shall we? Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's, let's do ascend let's, or descend or jump. You descend let's if you do choose sneak. to. Yeah, let's sneak down okay, quietly. Every, everybody make a stealth check. Like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Ouch. We've got an 8 from Asker, a 20 from Milksteak, and a 14 from Schmorgasborden. So as a group, you succeed, even though Asker didn't do so well. The other two kind of help him along. And what you discover <laughs> is another very functional-looking space. And... Things look far less sophisticated here than they did in the control room. It looks more bleak, I suppose you would describe it. Um, and you see a desk with a bunch of papers on it. You see what looks like a punch-in and punch-out machine, like those old-school ways of measuring shifts. Then you see a series of chairs opposite, and uh, like I said, a desk, and then a cupboard behind the desk, and then double doors to the east. I'll punch punch us in. <laughs> okay. You see the cards don't have your names on them, but a series of writings that look to be in the same language as the machine you just used. So you can put some of the words together based on your tinkering check, and you make out one of the names as Jimmy. Oh, I'll punch the card. Yeah. Let, let's give him some extra hours. Okay. That, you... that dude deserves some extra yeah. Okay, you punch Jimmy in. <laughs> cool. Uh, and we can punch him up when we leave, and he gets some overtime. Yeah. <laughs> you also see some doors mm -hmm. to the south that uh, I forgot to describe. Right. Which one do we want to go? Uh, Anyone has an opinion? East first. East first. Yeah, that, sounds, that, that sounds like a saying. <laughs> east first. Okay, you open the east south last. double doors and you see a long corridor winding towards the north or it takes like a turn towards the north. Okay, oh. you see Let's that it pursue. takes another turn and you see a series of doors open up in a very similar orientation 
to the ones that you slept in. It has a similar vibe to you, except much less nice. Mm. The wood is a bit shittier. Mm. So is, is this like servants' quarters kind of thing? Yes, yeah, right upstairs, downstairs, isn't it? Quite literally. Should we just check, check one door, like this, the one that is just above me? Just open it. Sure. Okay. Inside, you see uh, a wooden pallet, a dirty blanket, and a bedpan in the corner. Nice. I'll take the bedpan. Okay. You get one <laughs> soiled bedpan that you can add to your equipment list. <laughs> Shall we check the uh other door? I mean, that would be pretty sweet when, when, when the uh, when the our, our, our arcane stuff has uh, replenished. You can put that in the machine and see if you get like an enchanted uh, bedpan. It'd yes. be pretty bad. At this moment, you hear Schmorgasborden because you're ready listening for it. Another tearing sound. This time, quite a bit louder than before. It seems to be coming from the sort of east, southeast. And that is where we're going to end the session. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you have any suggestions or any ideas that we should incorporate, things you want to hear more of, things you would like to hear less of, just let us know at the wrong hands podcast at gmail.com. So T-H-E-W-R-O-N-G-H-A-N-D-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com.